0: Welcome back Loony listeners, you are listening to episode 61 of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. I am your high priest of Khonshu Ray and uh, we have a special guest tonight, but we also will be looking at a modern run, which will be Warren Ellis's issue 2 of his volume 7 uh, run of Moon Knight from 2014-15. So, grab your issues, sit back, relax and get your Conchu on right hi loonies we are back um and unfortunately uh we regrettably have to inform you that conishu he has sustained an injury of sorts so he's going to see uh, just the doctor for that. I believe he, um, uh, yeah, he he fell from uh, many stories and broke his his kneecaps um, running away from Bushmen, something like that. So unfortunately, Connor is not with us, but we have a very special guest tonight, uh, and I'm very proud to to announce uh, Luis from our Looney Group. Luis, how are you?
1: Good, how you doing, Ray?
0: Yeah, good, good. It's really cool to have another Looney on the show, uh, Luis, I, I've, I've mentioned, I've mentioned in our newsletter. I, I classify you as a an omega level loony uh, because you you have a ton of loony, oh sorry, moony merchandise and com- and comics.
1: Currently, right now, I have um, every run of Moon Knight completed, and I think probably every appearance. And pretty close on everything else to date.
0: That is fantastic. I mean, we've, we have many, many great loonies in our group. Uh, there are only a few of them that have hit that top mark of A, I guess, all the Moon Knight issues, but B, not only that, but all the Moon Knight appearances as well. That is absolutely fantastic. I know one of our previous uh, Isla Ra guests. Uh, which uh, was Scott from 20th Century Geek. He has all the Moon Knight appear- uh, issues, so he's, he's a big one. But uh, it just it just floors me, Luis, that you've got actually all the appearances as well. You have a- also other merchandise uh, from Moon Knight as well. What, what other stuff do you have?
1: Um, currently, I have all of the Funko Pops, even the, uh, awesome. the LA Comic-Con exclusive, Glow in the Dark. Um, I have a few of the Marvel Legends figures. Do you have uh, some artwork, I-, I believe? Yes, I have some uh, prints that I've gotten off some of the uh, artists online, uh, Graphic Way. I have um, Arthur Suidam print, a local art. I have a few sketches from Ron Lim, Arthur Suidam, Joe Weems, uh inker from DC, uh, Tim Tim Vigil from Faust. So I have a few, a, a little bit of everything.
0: It's absolutely fantastic. I can't believe it. It's um, I myself... I've got a long journey to go. I'm still just going through the Moon Knight issues and uh, and obviously, let alone the appearances. But that's absolutely fantastic. And I know as well that uh, Luis, you also are pretty prolific on Instagram as well. Do you want to give that a, a, a quick plug?
1: Yeah, so I go by the handle of Mr. Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I'm making way. Um, I'm currently about about 900 followers. Fantastic. I've been a little busy lately, so I haven't been posting a whole bunch. But I'm thinking once we get a little bit closer to that 1K, we might do a little little giveaway on the page.
0: Oh wow, wow! That is a massive following you have there, and it's really great. And I think, um, actually, I don't, I'm not sure how I how I bumped into you, Luis, but I, I definitely know that when I'm when we started our Instagram account, uh, um, your your Moon Knight account was one of the first ones that obviously pops up as well. Uh, It's it's really good to see, Uh, and it is hard. I know what you mean. Um, It's it's hard sometimes. Life kind of is busy, and things get in the way. But um, full credit for still keeping that one alive and active. And uh, it's a really great resource, loonies. If you want to check it out on Instagram as well. Right, we um we are connoisseurless here, of course, with Louise. uh, we always just like to have a bit of idle chatter first as well. So actually, I want to put it to you, Lois, As well, what um what other comics have been impressing you lately? Uh, over the last week, say.
1: I'm a little behind on my reading for the last two weeks. I consider myself more of a Marvel fanboy, but I read a lot of DC stuff right now. DC just killing it with the stories and the art. Mm. Um, I I collect um right now. I subscribe to Detective. Uh, Superman. I like the whole, you know, the super sons aspect of it yeah. with the Superman issues. Uh, Catwoman. I'm enjoying um, a little bit of image. Mostly just uh, Gideon Falls right now. Uh, the uh, cool. Jeff Jeff Lemire
0: connection, obviously. I guess
1: you know it's kind of hard to go wrong with Jeff Lemire right now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal.
1: Oh, oh yeah, he's just great with Marvel right now. Moon Knight. A little bit of the Infinity Wars uh, stuff, and Old Man Logan, I've been faithful out of that one the whole run through. Oh,
0: lovely. Yeah, Infinity Wars, I haven't been really been catching that. Um, I've heard mixed things about it. Uh, have you been enjoying it? Is it is it good? It seems quite hard to get your head around, like you can't just drop into one, one issue. You, you kind of have to know the whole thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's very hit and miss and you have to follow some of the other titles of course to kind of get a full sense of what's going on. But um I've been just kinda of lightly reading it. Um so kinda of taking a little break from those um smaller runs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well um yeah, I guess apart from Moon Knight, I, I just picked up the the Lemire Smallwood hardcover yesterday at my local comic book store, King's Comics, which was really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting that arc again in, in hardcover format. Uh, I'll just, yeah, just been lovely. I'm, I'm similar to you, Lois, as well. I'm a little behind because uh, I haven't been able to dip into the LCS uh, as frequently as I'd like. So I just picked up um, last week's just gone by, and the week before's um, pile of comics. So I've got like Ant-Man and the Wasp on there. I've got Fantastic Four uh, I've got, uh, a few Valiant, I think Ninjak 11. Uh, so I've got a few, I've got a few issues to read up on. I've, um, I do like just delving into my trades as well. So just been, been reading, um, Justin Jordan's Shadow Man run, uh, that was released on a deluxe hardcover as well. That's from Valiant Comics, uh, but um yeah I mean just looking forward to the likes reading the likes of Immortal Hulk I I mean that's a really strong title uh and uh yeah actually what has really impressed me is the Digital Original Jessica Jones uh, by Kelly Thompson I am absolutely loving that so um that's released I think every month but it's a double issue every month so it's 4.99 it's only digital it's going to come out as trade uh, but they release basically two issues per per digital release so uh, it's up to I guess it's technically the fourth issue, uh, which is really good. Um uh, yeah, but but that's um that's about the the gist of it, I think, with the the comic book reading. Um we've got a a nice issue here, Luis. Um Moon Knight, Warren Ellis, issue two. And I know you being an Amiga level loony. We could have thrown any issue at you, and you would have been well prepared. Uh, before we get into it in detail, uh, did you do a quick uh, reread of, of any more of Warren Ellis or any more of that two thousand fourteen run?
1: You know, with such a heavy reading load, I just kind of glanced at the first <laughs>
0: issue, yeah,
1: first issue and second, kind of make sure that I wasn't really missing anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the first. Make sure anything didn't tie in. I'm probably about a good forty issues behind of my to read pile, but. Wow. on the bright side we get a, a chance to sit down and read them it's nice to read three or four or five issues in a row
0: oh yeah great it sometimes that binge reading is is a lot of fun i know exactly what you mean um and it's only the i guess that kind of sensation of being a little behind which kind of always plays at the back of my mind you know with with current events so to speak with comics but yeah I do like reading the whole pile um Uh, once it kind of stockpiles but 40 my gosh that's a that's a fair bit (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think look hey before we go into our main event which I believe is the waning crescent which is the modern run because for those that have looked up into the night sky they would be well aware that it is the the waning crescent uh, which is the um, the modern run Uh, let us um, throw over to one of our newer segments we have the word on the streets by your man on the streets tommy tommy cavill a another seasoned loony he has again a a swag of news for us so uh, yeah i'll throw it over to tommy to give us the latest in moon knight related news
2: What's happening, loonies? This is the man on the streets with your word on the street. Big news this week coming straight from Marvel. Jason Burroughs is in and Paul Davidson is out as penciler for Moon Knight 200. For several weeks, we've known that Paul Davidson would take on the majority of pencils for this final issue of the Bemis Run. His work in Moon Knight 195 to 196, the collective issues, was well received by the Looney community but Marvel is bringing in series regular Burroughs to lead the end. Burroughs penciled the majority of the current run, starting with issue 188. Issue 200 drops October 24th. Donnie Cates, cosmic ghost writer writer, has confirmed that his series does take place in the 616 universe. Not sure if that has any implications for Mr. Knight's very brief appearance in CG3 last week, but that'd be a sad way to see our boy go, if you know what I mean. In other news, Marvel's Infinity Wars number 3 dropped this week and Moon Knight made an appearance alongside Spider-Man. We also received the backstory for Arachnite, the mashup between Spider-Man and our beloved Moon Knight. Arachnite will appear in at least two Infinity Warp issues under his, or their, own title. These are due out over the next couple months. Infinity Warps Arachnite No. 1 is on sale October 24th alongside Moon Knight 200, and Infinity Warps Arachnite No. 2 is available November 28th at your local comic store. Uh, Marvel has also confirmed that Arachnite and other Infinity Warps characters created by Gamora and the Infinity Stones will be playable characters in Marvel's Future Fight mobile game, so keep an eye out for an upcoming update in the next few weeks. No news on Marvel's other mobile or console entries. Marvel Knight's 20th anniversary miniseries of six issues hasn't announced any Moon Knight appearances, and all previewed covers do not showcase Moon Knight. Rather, the several released show Daredevil, Black Panther, The Punisher, a slew of X-Men like Jubilee, Wolverine, Jean Grey, Gambit, Storm, Rogue, even Tony Stark. And several others, including one character who might be Peter Parker, and another who may be Iron Fist. Marvel Knight's 20th Anniversary, number one, is on sale November 7th. And finally, as we close out uh, this latest run of Moon Knight, with issue 200, that full collection of Moon Knight 194 to 200 will be collected in Moon Knight Legacy, volume 2, on sale in December 2018. Packing up 168 pages, it's the second half of Bemis' run. So, a few things to think about this week, uh, Loonies, but I hope you've been staying well. And that's the word on the street from the man on the street. Keep your ear close to the ground and a watchful gaze ever on Kanshu's eye of the moon.
0: Thank you, Tommy. That was really cool a great summation of you know Moon Knight out and about uh in different forms of media I guess um coming out uh, which have been announced uh interesting they, um Luis with Burroughs back on issue 200, I think that's um look I think either either artist Paul Davidson or or Jason Burroughs would have been great anyway uh, but what are your thoughts on Burroughs? Um, being
1: reintroduced, back. I, both both Davidson and Burroughs have been doing a good job on this most recent run. Yeah, Burrows come back for two hundred, um, especially you know since it's not quite well defined whether it's going to continue or not. Mm. Um, so it's kind of nice to see back, back the original team back back together
0: yeah that's true that's what Rebecca um has mentioned as well I mean this is good be it did start with with Burroughs and Bemis, and I guess it's good to kind of close out with Burroughs and Bemis as well i uh yeah I loved that Paul Davidson short arc with the the collective. I think he is a fantastic artist and look but you know Burrows is, is top tier as well uh It should be interesting uh I'm not sure if if that will affect it in any way being called in late. Uh, I know they're all professionals, anyway, but um, I do remember Burroughs mentioning that 198 was his last issue. Uh, I'm assuming he has other commitments as well, so I just wonder how it factors into his other work and uh, if it will affect affect the quality of his work. I hope not, but um, that's quite interesting. Uh, Tommy also mentioned, yeah, the the Cosmic Ghost Rider confirmation by Donnie Cates. Here, um, we spoke about this just briefly, Luis as well. I, I think it's a bit of a throwaway comment by Donny Cates. Um, I'd hate to think this is a reveal of how Moon Knight actually you know, ends in, in the 616 universe, um, but uh, you have only tangentially been been looking at, at Cosmic Ghost Rider?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've picked up on it a little bit here and there. Um, I'm not necessarily sure how I feel about Cosmic Ghost Rider all the times. I mm. mean, He's very entertaining. It has been a very um, good storyline, the, the couple issues that I've seen. Um, I'm hoping it's just a, way, a throwaway comment, but, you know, if he really is um, killed off in this series, um, maybe he'll die and he'll get bored and he'll stand back up again.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, death hasn't really stopped Moonlight before, so... Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, also actually while we're here and while we're talking about Donnie Cates, uh, can I ask what were your thoughts on Cates and Spencer's depiction of Moon Knight in Damnation?
1: <laughs> I think, I think I'm probably what the, uh, minority crowd is, well, I guess it depends what group you're in. Um, I was happy to see him in the Damnation run, you know, any, mm-hmm. any exposure is good exposure. Um, I wasn't quite a fan of kind of his little snarky comments. He kind of reminded me a little bit too much of, um. though I'm not quite sure how I feel about Moon Knight being the uh, comedic relief. Mm. But, you know, it was an interesting storyline, and I was I was happy to see him there. And if he gets, you know, he, we might pick up a, a new fan here or there.
0: Yeah, true. I mean... I think as I mentioned last time, if you put them side by side, uh, the Moon Knight or the Mr. Knight of the Damnation run, and you put him side by side with Ellis's Mr. Knight, I mean, they are chalk and cheese, totally. Uh, you have a far more accomplished uh, Mr. Knight in Ellis's run, which we'll see. Here. Well, actually, we don't see. In this issue, we'll, we get back our, um, our Moon Knight costume. Uh, Mr. Knight takes a back seat after taking on board issue one. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just interesting, I don't know, yeah, obviously there was a lot of flack given for the depiction of, of Moon Knight in Damnation, um, but there you go. Uh, as, as Tommy mentions as well, Knight. Uh, this will be interesting, um, and um, I don't know, uh, I mean from the looks of it, obviously it's more of a, a Spider-Man than a Moon Knight character. Um, will you be? Uh, you'll obviously be picking up these issues, Louis. I'm, I'm sure.
1: Definitely, as a as an Omega level Mooney Loony, that you have a <laughs> considered me. Yes. I'll definitely have to um, pick up. I am curious to see how it goes. Um, I don't collect Spider Man, mm. uh, except for the uh, issues where um, you know our, our boy makes an appearance. Um, but it is. It, it seems like it could be an interesting take. I always like the uh, the mashed up characters. Um, I also collected all the Amalgam comics and so it's interesting I'm I'm giving it a shot before I before I shoot it down
0: oh look I'm with you as
1: well I'm gonna
0: totally give this a shot and you know as I mean as you mentioned earlier any any Moon Knight exposure is great and I don't mind if if he takes a back seat if it's predominantly Spider-Man um I love what you say there Luis about how um you don't follow Spider Man, but um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get it for the Moon Knight aspect. That's uh, again just plays to your Amiga levelness. Um, but yeah, Arachnaut should be interesting. Um, I'm not sure if the, the identities will come into play. It looks more to be like uh, the influence of, I guess, Khonshu, uh, more the Egyptian side of things. Uh, but I guess we'll see. It, it's headed by Bemis as well, so it should be it should be interrelated with what he's doing now, I guess, um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And finally as well, I'm not sure, uh, it's a great pickup here from Tommy about um, Arachnite being uh, earmarked to be in Future Fight. Do you play any of these games, Lois, as well, on the tablet?
1: I did for a while. I played uh, Future Fight. Um, what's the other one? Puzzle Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I dabbled in them for a little bit. And then, you know, you kind of hit, if you're not willing to um those games, it, it could be very slow progression. So, I play them for a while and just kind of let them go by the wayside. But I, I'd be excited to see um, Arachnite in Future Fight. Like I said uh, before, you know, in exposure is good. And, and what a great platform for Moon Knight And Spider Man with all his um, massive following.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think they use Spider Man a bit, don't they? Because from that warp, Infinity warps. Oh no, actually, that's a what if. There's another. There's a what if of uh, Spider Man becoming the Punisher as well. So there's another kind of integration of Spider Man and another character that would be kind of interesting as well. I'm not sure if you follow. Do you follow the Punisher, Luis? Or?
1: I, I did for a little while. I picked it up when with the legacy reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, I get my uh, my pull list up to like 20 different titles and then I scale back down and then mm-hmm. ramp it back up, scale back down again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ebbs and flows, yeah. The pushes and pulls, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and similar with the, with the playing um, on the tablets, I, I did play Future Fight. I'm playing Strike Force. But yeah, I do tend to kind of fade out slowly with those games. It, it is fun, but uh, there's a lot of time... You know, needed for them as well, and I know between between podcasting and reading comics and and doing all that, it's um, I guess priority uh, gets in the way. But I'll I'll probably jump back onto Future Fight as well because Moon Knight is is quite awesome in Future Fight, and I can't wait until we get. Um, let me just pull it up. I can't wait until we get some sort of semblance of. The last quarter moon where we do a video game review and i wouldn't mind reviewing moon knight uh, in future fight during that review or perhaps Arachnite. Uh so yeah pretty keen on seeing them um, but we'll see how we go but yeah thanks again tommy for that uh, that is is a fantastic stuff the man on the streets he knows his stuff he's got his ear close to the ground and uh, it's always fantastic hearing from Tommy. So hopefully we, we can hear from him again in our future episodes. Uh, Luis, we might just take a quick short break and have a word from one of our fellow collective members. And uh, let's we'll be right back for our lunapic.
1: Hey there, everyone. I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us. explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities and we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean so you can check us out by heading to youtube and searching i am your target demographic or look up I A Y T D on any social media outlet
0: the moon will not tolerate your interference Yes, welcome back, loonies. We are here now about to review a modern run for our Lunapic, Pick, which is Moon Issue 2. We have a special guest, Luis, who is our our Looney um, f- guest and, uh, and and first time on the show, which is always exciting. Uh, Louis, we have Issue 2 here. Can I uh, maybe ask you to to give us the details for this.
1: So issue two from um from this um title from two thousand fourteen written by Warren Ellis. Artist as Declan Shalvey, colors by Jordi Belair, letter uh Chris Iliopoulos, editors Ellie Piles, Stephen Wacker, and Nick Lowe. Synopsis of this issue, um properly titled uh, Sniper. So as you read through this issue, you can kind of see um a story unfold about a sniper's targets and him just kind of one in true sniper fashion. And then we have our boy Moon Knight come in and um, do what he does best and and tangle with our sniper.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's uh, a, it's a pretty, pretty simple uh, premise. Again, I think very innovatively done by, by Warren Ellis and Declan Showie uh, you get a whole heap of action again this I mean if we just jump right into a discussion of this uh, number one this really reminded this had really had a cinematic feel to it again uh, I think Warren Ellis is really building something um, and we see it I mean we have looked at issues uh, four and five I believe and we just did we did issue one issue two again you have those opening credits and uh, but you also have the action is very cinematic. Uh, and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about it, Lewis. Um I love this tech from Moon Knight on his glider. But the, uh, the, the scene where him chasing down the sniper and there basically being a cat and mouse or a, just a chase was, was fantastic, I thought.
1: Really great seeing uh, Moon Knight come off his, his glider. And, you know, at first look, big billowing cape, which I always love, um, and some panels isn't too detailed, but you get the message, and you know that's what they do so well in this issue, is that in some panels there's fantastic detail, you know where you see the sniper's face and just the grimace look, you know that he has, and then kind of Moon Knight just kind of lurking in the in the background, um, very cinematic, action packed. It's probably one of my favorite issues from this run.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And just sticking to that that theme of the cape, I what I really liked about it and what Shelby does, and you see it peppered throughout the issue, is that he is really... Moon Knight is really a specter. I mean, no no pun intended. You see him as he kind of floats in the air, as he's kind of approaching the sniper, and it is just very much an outline of white, and and it's kind of billowing cape, and sometimes you get the little crescent moon in there but he's almost like very ghost-like, isn't he? As he kind of, he's like, a, almost like a piece of, I don't want to say like a piece of paper, but he's just very light and he just flies through. Um, I found that a great effect by by Declan Shelvy.
1: All this white in the dark of the night, you know, it is true Moon Knight fashion. You know, he wants to be seen. He wants to strike fear into, um, you know, his enemies. And Jordi Belair, just, just, she just kills it with the colors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh this one compared to say issue four, which was the one with the mushrooms and the psychedelic thing, Geordie Belair's work here is a lot more understated, uh, but no less effective. And as you say, again, Louis, the, the use of the white is predominantly what sticks out here. Um but yeah, the action scene, let's I mean, let's look at the action scene here. It's um I'm gonna go through Let's, let's, I'm look, I'm going to start on, I'm looking at a digital copy here, and by the way, Looney's, it's available in a single issue or a floppy, uh, it's it's available in Comixology as a digital copy, it should be in Marvel Unlimited, actually I know it is, uh, and it's also available in a trade paperback uh, under Volume 1 um, from the, the, the Ellis Run So uh, it's available in many places, I'm just looking at uh, the digital copy, so for me it's around page, I'm looking at the digital copy of of actually the trade, Um, so it's around 49. Um, So if you start here, Louise, it's it's like when we first see the sniper basically, and we see Moon Knight flitter around... uh, there's a real lack of... What what Ellis does is that he, he strips away the dialogue and all that and you, you just focus on the action and, and the movements of these two. And uh, I, love, I love how Moon Knight here just um, launches himself at him, uh, throws a few crescent darts, but you get this high... Uh, you see it in the movies about the guy, the sniper, um, shooting a cable across the, the skyscrapers and then he kind of does a flying fox...
1: Um, down. Yeah, it's just it's just a great scene to see him shoot his cable across, you know, from one building to the next and then his escape and and Moon Knight just hot on his tail the whole time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you get a good use, you get a good um, view of Moon Knight's use of, of his weapons as well. So he's got his truncheon, but almost, you know, similar to to Daredevil, his billy club, it becomes a, like a grappling hook which he uses first to uh, to save himself from from going in free fall when he chases the guy, uh, the sniper, through the building. Uh, you got him constantly using the Crescent Darts, which is great. And coming up to here, Lois, this is one of my favourite uh, moments here. There's only a few bits of dialogue here. And the sniper says, you know, he's got the gun pointed at Moon Knight. He says, why can't I hit you? And Moon Knight says, I'm not real. And he throws another Crescent Dart at him. Uh, and, you know, I guess that just sums up, you know, the mentality of, of Moon Knight as well. Um, this bravado and confidence that he has. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really, really cool stuff.
1: That's one of my favorite things about Moon Knight is just that confidence uh, when it comes to fighting, um, saying he's not real, just really toying with his opponents and, you know, using that mental aspect to just, you know, confuse them and and keeping them guessing and just making them afraid and, you know, doing what he does best is throwing some darts at him and punching him in the face quickly after.
0: Yeah. Well, I believe as well, like, it is a strategic thing that he did, like by saying I'm not real, but I also believe that there's a little bit of himself thinking that as well. You know, that he that he can't be beaten because he's not really... Maybe he doesn't really view himself as actually there. Uh, I don't know. There's that kind of ambiguity to it that really makes him... I don't know, an, an enigmatic character, I think. Um, but you have this guy... Again, look, if we're just sticking to this action scene, you have this guy just shooting at him. Nearly shoots Moon Knight in the face. <laughs> Somehow avoids that. Uh, and he and he's just trying to run away from the guy. And Moon Knight again uses his grappling hook, but as a weapon now. And he just shoots it into the back of the guy. And that's enough uh, to knock him down. Um, and then you get a bit of the... Um, I guess a, a bit of the reasoning. We start to actually get a bit of the reasons why this guy has done what he's done. Um, and it kind of makes a bit more sense. I'm not sure about you, Luis, but at the beginning... There was a bit of a there. It was a little vague, like not totally understanding. You know the purposes behind it. Is that what you got as well?
1: Yes. When I I remember when I read it the first time, I was thoroughly confused. I did not know what was going on. I think I read it um, once. I read it through. Sniper. When the sniper finally makes his appearance, it finally all tied in together. And then I went back and read it a second time quickly after, and then it, it made a lot more it made a lot more sense. But that beginning that beginning part of the story, even though it was a little confusing, it was just great. Um, you know, for those people that haven't checked it out yet, it just shows um, the snipers multiple targets in, in different panels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as the target eliminated, you know, you see the panels start to disappear, and you see more and more white on the page, and just the, you know one panel here, one panel there. And so it's kind of, you know, like we go back to um the style in this in this run, very very cinematic, you know, a well defined story with um very well thought out.
0: Yeah. And uh so we find out there are nine people, nine targets. And this is one of the instances I think where digital really does enhance the experience because as you mentioned, Louise, you go through these panels which are very static. I mean, there are eight panels, eight square panels, just equally um, spaced and sized on each page. But if you go digitally, you can actually see like it just blinks from the eight panels. And if you go digitally, you see the changes, uh, you, know, you know, change before your eyes. So, uh, say for instance, that first target he gets taken out in that in that first panel. And you flick over to the next page and that panel's gone. And then you get that other panel where that lady's head explodes in red and then you flick again and and you see the panels just drop off. And I think that works a lot better in the digital format than than it would in the in the hard hard copy because you're you're physically seeing two of the pages side by side, you know, every time you flick through the pages. Whereas um, I'm looking through in the panel in the in the tablet here, and it, it's just great seeing these panels drop off as I, as I um, you know, how do you say it? As I press press the tablet for it to, to go to the next page,
1: navigate through it. It just kind of they just kind of drop off. Hmm.
0: Absolutely great, and th- this is a really nice technique. Uh, I can't say I've seen it anywhere else, uh, but really good technique by Warren Ellis, and. I remember you rereading. I was exactly like you. I was rereading the the front again after you know reading the issue, and you do you do wonder though. Yeah, there are nine of them, but there are only eight of them here. So as we kind of go forward again, um, we go back to where we we were before, where Moon Knight and the sniper face to face. Basically, the sniper's yeah, saying why he's done it. He feels used. Uh, that sort of thing. It's a typical kind of revenge thing. Uh, but we get him actually meeting his maker with the ninth person um, who explains a little bit more about uh, the whole the whole thing uh, and that's basically all wrapped up in the last page um, so I don't know for, for me it was a very quick it was a very quick read but it was a very entertaining one um, uh, What are your thoughts as well Lou?
1: you know? when you buy these issues you know for four dollars um and then you know you you thumb through it and it's you know not very many words and at first you know you kind of go "Mm, was the money well spent but as you read it and unfold you know it's it is a very entertaining story the lots of action um the coloring is just great just brings everything to life um you know in the dark you know they're in the dark but it's very well lit at the same time very good and then It kind of reminds me a lot of um, where, you know, you have the one issue and there's a bad guy and then you find out why he's a bad guy and you beat him up and then, you know, you call it a day. So I like that they're able to tell the story um, in, in the one issue versus sometimes where they get, um, you know, dragged out Mm. issues and you have that just to fill up that one arc. And, you know, sometimes you have one great issue and then, you kind of go through two or three issues of fluff to really get back into it again.
0: Yeah, I, that was my next point as well. Uh, absolutely, I think what Ellis does is a very tight bit of storytelling here, and you know we know obviously he does one shots throughout his run, but the pacing, actually, the pacing to this was really good. I thought you were never really bogged down with with exposition or or you know dialogue. Initially, you are at the beginning because he's setting it all up. But once that action hits, and it's a very simple premise. Once it's Moon Knight chasing the sniper, you're you're given you know what you want to see with Moon Knight. You're given this action, this very cinematic, uh, really kinetic. Because the way Shel and, and hats off to Shelby as well, the way he draws it, it just flows brilliantly. The movements, uh, and then at the very end, you get a bit of the the exposition. Uh, a bit of the sorry the the reasoning behind it all, and it's very similar to to issue four. It reminds me of issue four actually, where the issue ends abruptly, and there's a bit of an explanation at the end, and it ends abruptly. Um, so there is a comment there is a a common thread here that Ellis does, but I, I find it very effective. And like you say, for four bucks, I mean you go through it quite quickly, but you end up rereading it. Oh, I mean, that's what I find. And it still just works really well in the trades as well when you collect them all together. So um, really, really fun stuff.
1: It, it reminds me, you know, a lot of these uh, Bronze Age, you know, stories that, that a lot of us um, have read either either now as new collectors or, you know, people that have collect, been collecting for a long time. You know, it's a well-thought-out story and, um, there's a lot of action in it and it kind of shows what sometimes where Moon Knight is lacking in other runs, It it shows him being a superhero.
0: Mm, yep.
1: And, you know, I feel sometimes there's a lot of focus on uh, his uh, DID and whether he's crazy or not crazy or how crazy he is. But at the end of the day, you know, he's just trying to, to fight crime and, and, and stop evil. We're lacking. So it's, very nice to come back to this run and, and see that all over again.
0: Yeah. And and this is, um, you know, he's not fighting, you know, Morpheus or he's not fighting the Sun King or, or or any, like, super-powered thing. This is, like, really street-level gritty stuff. It's just one-on-one, but he's fighting a heavily armed man, a trained soldier. Uh, he's only got Crescent Darts, and this guy seems to have an unlimited, uh, you know, supply of, of ammunition and guns, uh, so there's a lot at stake w- with uh, basically Moon Knight. His armor is the only thing that's standing between him and a bullet and and certain you know death and stuff. Uh, but really, really well done. Uh, yeah, um, really enjoy it. Interesting that you say. Yeah, it's part of the very similar to a lot of the. You say the Bronze Age or, or the?
1: It's so easy, like Bronze Age, like um, Senkevich and Run. Ah, um, yes, you know... yes some of that in, uh, you know, Mark Spector, Mark Spector Moon Knight series. But, you know, here you have that modern, that modern day, you know, the modern times with the whole premise of why the sniper was doing what he was doing and um, all the politics behind that. So it just kind of touches a little bit on that. But, you know, he's he's out fighting street-level street level, uh, crime and, you know, that's where I think where if later on in any kind of a cinematic form... Um that's the kind of moon moonlight that we would need to focus on mm.
0: and there is that modernity with with Ellis's you know conscious effort to introduce moon Knight's tech into it like you know with his glider uh what does he say at the very beginning uh as he as he disengages he goes go to tracking mode stay within lifeline distance so you know so he's got a little jargon here of, of using his tech uh he, we see a lot more, a bit more of his weaponry, like the the grappling hook and the, and the crescent darts. Um, so I like that um, that modern edge to it that Ellis gives, and there is a modern. I mean, as you mentioned, the reasons behind the snipers, uh, you know, targets and um, targeting these people is all very modern. But I don't know. I think the storytelling as well, the way that that Ellis crafts it is is kind of very modern as well. Um, so all of them kind of add up. And, and you get a really, really nice tail. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Any, any other final... Look, I'm just going to flip through here. Uh, there's there's some really cool panelling, cool layouts by Declan Shelvy. Shelby. Um, if we look at this one page, again, with well, that page where Moon Knight says I'm not real, I love how Shelby, at the very bottom panel, he incorporates Moon Knight's cape with the negative space of the actual page. So, yeah, you actually have a bleed over of there's There's like, what does it look like? Debris, books, and like an ashtray and stuff bleeding over the panel, but technically that negative space is Moon Knight's cape, uh, and there's a whole lot of detail in there as well. That sort of stuff really, really does um, stay with you.
1: Like that, that negative space with the cape just billowing in, taking yeah. over that, that panel right there, and then you have the, the detail of all the... You know, office supplies and trash, and you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like a little uh, Finn from Adventure Time doll on the on the floor there in that panel. Um, <laughs> see the style, um, the the grimace on the on the sniper's face. You know, very detailed and yes, and like you said, Moon Knight it, it flows well. Even though under his his mask and his and his cowl and everything like that, you still get that. That bit of emotion in there, you know, considering that he has no no clear facial features to express, um, kind of like when he's um, got really close to the face, you can kind of see that grimace on Moon Knight's face. Yes, and I like that, you know. He's going back to his gadgets. You know, he has his armor, but armored as say as um vengeance Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so less less armor. You know, he can move more, use his fighting techniques. Um you have that use of the gadgets. and so I like I like that street level, you know, crime fighters and and um it's it's just it just flows really well. It just it just really works with him and, and kind of where he's come from in the past.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a nice balance with his armor as well. I mean, not only with Vengeance of the Moon Knight, but I'm thinking of the Mark Spector run in the nineties when he wears that adamantium suit. And he's got the the crescent dart blast wrist blasters. You know that was all a bit, <laughs> um, you know that was all a bit nineties. I thought, but I like <laughs> how it's yeah, it's just crazy. But I like how he yeah, as you say, he's a bit more freer here. He's got his vitals obviously covered and armored. Um, but and, and an interesting thing as well. Remember issue one is Mister Knight, so Warren Ellis straight away the next issue. You know we're spoilt with with having Moon Knight now in his you know in his caped costume, so we're getting a lot of variety from um, from Warren Ellis, and we we see later on that he chops and changes, um, and he obviously goes back to Mister Knight in uh, in issue five, which is one of my favourites. Issue four with the mushrooms, it's back to the costumed. Mr. Knight. Oh, actually, there's both of them in there, so you, you get a nice variety, and I think that's really nice. What Ellis has
1: introduced is that drew me through this character initially was, you know, the different personalities and you know the different aspects that they and roles that they play in, you know, his uh, superheroing. So seeing here, um, Ellis and Shalvey with uh, Mr. Knight and Moon Knight kind of goes back to you know a different different person for. You know, a different need. Where Mister Matt, you know, is a been you know, the police don't mess with him because he's technically somebody else. Um, so it's nice to see him use those personas, kind of much like how, um, Bemis, you know, started off strong in the beginning of this current run, using the different personalities to suit the the different scenarios.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh yeah, I love how each of these um writers treat that. Um, that depiction of Moon Knight and, and his identities as well. Uh, incidentally as well, Luis, uh, which which would your favourite costume be? If you had to pick one, I know it's a hard one, but which iteration of Moon Knight do you like the most?
1: I think I'm with a very small minority, but I have to say the very original, um, the Don Perlin. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> into the gauntlets and he's got that little weird uh, 70s collar. <laughs> um, I, I, I really, I really love that costume, but, um, I, I'd say that one's my favorite, but it's pretty close between that one and, um, uh, in Sienkiewicz. Sienkiewicz, that's, that's my Moon Knight artist right there.
0: Yeah, he, he, pretty, he's, yeah, I would say as, as well, you think of Moon Knight, you cannot ignore the Sienkiewicz and, and the, and the Munch run. I mean, that just... Uh, who was it? There was a loony in our group as well. Uh, I was chatting with, and and he was saying hasn't read much of of volume one or the Sinkevich, you know, run. Uh, and he rated obviously the more modern runs, which which is fantastic as well. But for me, that nineteen eighty run and the subsequent other ones after it, well, more so the nineteen eighty run, the volume one run, really epitomised and it, it set the groundwork for the tone. Of the character and the, the setting for, you know, in and around Moon Knight as a whole, I think, and that had to be done. I think before, obviously, we get the likes of, um, of Warren Ellis and, and uh, later on, uh, I was about to say a bit a bit of Lemire's run, more more the Ellis Wood Bun run, but yeah, I I think it's very important that era. Um, And and if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't get. We wouldn't get kind of the Moon Knight we have today without sounding too tropey
1: Definitely, Moon Knight, the volume one for me. Like I said, that's for me. That's the definitive Moon Knight. But you know, it does have the '80s characteristics.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh,
1: I met uh, Pat Broderick. Broderick, uh, He was an artist for DC um, at one of the local cons, and he was drawing a, a Moon Knight sketch for me and. Um, his wife was sitting with them at the table and she says, Oh, I've, I've never heard of Moon Knight. And then, um, you know, he was saying that it was, uh, Doug's, uh, Doug Mensch version of, a, or trying to include a Batman type, uh, character into, into <laughs> we're,
0: we're only allowed one Batman reference per episode, but I'm glad you got it.
1: <laughs> I, I had to get that reference in, um, then, you know, as, as, um, as you read on, they, they, you know, in the first run, they, they do introduce him and all his gadgets and his sidekick and you know, and all that. But you know, he really does evolve in, into his own. And you know, people that are fans of Moon Knight can clearly see that they're you know, completely different characters. But um, yeah, for me, Sienkiewicz is where it's at. Um, speaking of local cons, I met Arthur Suidam. He, you know, he did a lot of the um, Marvel zombies, and he did. Oh, uh, awesome. Movie. A few covers for um, the Moon Knight uh, was a volume, volume five, following up uh, Finch. Oh yeah, Benson. Um, it's a Mike Benson run. If you ask him, uh, he says uh, himself and Finch are the best Moon Knight artist ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he rates himself, <laughs> ranks himself, and uh, and Finch as the best Moon Knight artist ever. I just, <laughs> I, you know, he had my sketchbooks. I didn't. I I I couldn't really argue with him that I I. I I disagreed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, I listened to a... uh, I'm going to shamelessly name drop some of the collective podcasts here. I I was listening to We Have a Hulk, which is uh, one of the collective members, and they interviewed David Finch as well. And he said if there was one character that he could return to to draw, he would love to do more Moon Knight. He felt that he had this... um, He felt akin to the character of Moon Knight. He felt that he got... The character, and you can see it. I mean, I, I love the Finch and, and Houston run, uh, but it, it kind of warmed my heart to to hear that Finch really has a soft spot for Moon Knight as well, which is um which is really good.
1: It's always nice to see, to hear um you know big time artists and writers uh, be drawn to Moon Knight. Kind of kind of gives a little bit more validation to our to our fandom as of him you know being a a mainstay in the in the Marvel universe. Um, cause there's, there's a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And like we said, um, you know, set, set the groundwork and now there's a nice platform for, uh, their creative teams that are coming up to pick a, di- a different directions. You know, we have runs like here with the uh, Ellis and Shelby, where they focus more on the, the you know, the, the crime fighting. And then you have, you know, like Bemis uh, current run, um, the DID and, you know, mental health stuff. So, there's a lot of different ways to go and, you know, it It just opens up a lot of opportunities to, for new stories.
0: Mm. And uh, I put it to you then, Luis, as well. I mean, we sadly know that Bemis is wrapping up um, after 200 and, and Burrows is going to be in issue 200 as well. Hit me with who would you like to see write and draw Moon Knight in the next volume, which will be volume 10. Who Who would you like to see?
1: Uh, let me see. Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah, um, it is.
0: Thought I'd drop it. Yeah,
1: why not? a writer, I can't think of one off the top of my head because you know I always think about the previous ones. I'd like to see Sorrentino draw it. Um, Ooh, I really like.
0: Very. Cool. I really like
1: what on um, mm-hmm. Gideon Falls. You know, I think really good with that. Um, that horror aspect. Yeah. I like. I like his work on the um, Old Man Logan run.
0: Yes, oh, he's I fantastic
1: yeah There's a lot of fighting, a lot of you know it's Wolverine or old man Logan, so it, there's a lot of blood and you know action scenes, so I think you would just be great on that um and as far as the writers um I would like to see um I would like to see what Scott Snyder would do, oh yeah, that'd be interesting or you know we 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 gave him Bendis, so you know <laughs> right for a little while.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Look, I'd, um, you know, I'm going to pledge allegiance to my country here. I'd like to see Nicola Scott give Moon Knight a go. Uh, I think she's an absolutely awesome artist. I think that would be fantastic. And um, I don't know how this would go, but uh, I actually, I was going to say Dennis Hopeless, but why not? I reckon give Peter David a crack at it. He's one of my favourite writers. Um, he did really well with... 80s, 90s Wolverine. Uh, he did fantastic with the X Factor um, and and Jamie Madrox. Uh, I reckon he's doing. He's currently doing Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. He can do humor. He can do dark. Uh, I think he'd be great. Uh, not your obvious pick, but he's really good to uh, for me. A very easy read. Uh, but yeah, those two would be it be interesting. Uh, It'd be interesting, actually. Loonies, would if you can uh, drop in your ideas of who you'd like to see write and draw Moon Knight. That would be an interesting discussion to have in the group. Uh, look, you know, we are kind of um, we are kind of like diverging away from uh, our lunar pick. So let's let's bring it back in, uh, Luis. Out of the Moon rating, then um, for this issue two by Warren Ellis what would you give this issue
1: I would give it three quarters of a moon. I mean, it, it was a great issue. Um, I like what they did in the beginning, but just the fact that, you know, I was halfway through the book and I was still kind of confused of that's the only reason. Yeah. Um, still a yeah. great read. Uh, and I definitely recommend it for those, those who haven't, um, you know, like you said, it's available in Comicsology and, you know, Marvel unlimited and, yeah. you know unfortunately but fortunately um you know th- this uh, run is uh, pretty common in in the dollar bins at your local comic shop so oh. you know you might then uh, and you know you might find it up real cheap yep
0: yeah. it's definitely worth being uh, definitely worth a pickup. i would agree with you lois i'd say three quarter moon as well I'd like to give it a bit more but I'm not sure what the terminology would be in between a three quarter and a full moon so actually no I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna change that three quarter moon. I liked it um, I thought it was a very solid issue I am going to say a waning gibbous so for me a waning gibbous is a bit more than a three than a three quarter <laughs> we're heading towards um, a full moon there so a waning gibbous so call that what um, Call that a you know like a six seven out of eight or something like that. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was great. It was really good. Um, I'm just again gauging it between the rest of Ellis's issues, and uh, as as mentioned numerous times, I really loved issue five. That's my absolute best. I would give that a a a full moon, if not a blue moon. Um, So this was good. Issue one was just as good. So you know. it doesn't stand out in that regards, but overall, like a lot of Moonlight issues, it is a very strong, very entertaining issue. So, yeah. So we get a three quarter moon and a waning gibbous for for issue two of of Moonlight titled Sniper. Now we're not done yet, Louis. We have our Moony missives as well. So uh, my bad. We um, I posted this up relatively late before we started recording, but we still managed to get um, a, a few good responses from from some loonies who wanted to drop in their thoughts about issue two. Um, how about, Luis, do you want to grab the first two then from our Facebook group?
1: Yeah. So let's see. So we have that Facebook group feedback here. At uh, Jared Hoyler um, says, these are his thoughts. It is beautiful, not just the wording, but also the illustrations. It's vibrant, very colorful mk fan for long i gotta say this mk writing was was uh writing was drawn perfectly i guess now i see why moon knight core really calls it the greatest literature of moon knight i have volume two and three in my cart on amazon so when i get more money i'll get those really loving and getting more into moon knight this uh this runs a good place to start for those that um you know we always get those questions where's where is a good place to start you know this is this is a, a good place to start. Issues are readily available. Yep, The opportunity to jump right in.
0: Oh man, you'll be hooked, Jared. Um, I'm so glad that you've come on board and you picked up Volume One. I'm so gl- I'm so glad that you got Volume Two and Three in your cart waiting to go. As As Louis said, these are these are good ones to get sink your teeth into. Uh, I hope you enjoy enjoy the rest of the you know rest of the volumes uh, that will be coming your way. But uh, absolutely, it it has a nice balance of of I guess an introduction to Moon Knight but also cracking action. Um you can't go wrong with the action here. Then look, many loonies have different things as well. Um I've always said the Houston run is a good starter, but there's no reason why this isn't a good a good place to start as well.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely a good place to start. Like I said, I'm I'm very partial to the first volume, but you know, I understand those issues can be a little difficult to come by, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: definitely kills it on this Moon Knight run. Yeah. Josh Johnson um, also chimed in, said uh, it's an amazing issue. Some of Shelby's best art of this run. We get to see his version of the Moon Knight costume and it's incredible, especially the first big shot of him descending from the moon glider. The action is phenomenal and we get to see Mooney use all of his tricks and gadgets to take down the sniper. I'd love to see this issue adapted into live action, whether it's a one shot or in his own show. My only complaint is that all of the exposition is crammed into the last three panels. It seemed a little clunky. Other than that, great issue. Second best issue of Ellis's run. I'd rate it a waxing gibbous.
0: oi So he's got the waxing gibbous. Nice one. Nice one, Josh Geronimo Johnson. He, um, one of our loonies and has been on the show before. Yeah, actually, this is a good point, Lois. This is the first time we see Shelby's memorable Moon Knight costume. Actually, the one replicated in the Hasbro Legends uh, figure most recently
1: uh, yeah this is his first first attempt, and you know he um you know in all of his all of his glory in the first that, on that cover uh you know with the with the big cape behind him, and then you mm-hmm. know you have the moon that's the moon and with the uh, shattered glass really you know, like a uh, recurring theme with the sniper, so it was pretty good
0: yeah and and i um i must say if I were to pick a costume. Uh, it is hard to to not go past Sienkiewicz's one, but look, I'm going to pick Shelby's Shelby's run only because it's nice and sleek and it's got a bit of armor, but it needs to have those spike cestus knuckles because I just love those from yeah from the Don Perlin run and and it was shown in the Houston run as well. I think that they're just total badass, uh, really morbid because if you get punched by those, it's it's not going to be clean. Um, But, yeah, that that just epitomizes Moon Knight for me. So, yeah, I'd I'd vote for Declan Shelby's costume and a couple of sestis knuckles to get him happening. Um, Right, so we also have just a bit more. We have a a bit of feedback from David Watkins, and he says an opening that used several pages to kill off characters based on their panel positioning mixed with a brilliant fight between Ellis Shelby Belair's amazing take on MK's classic suit versus a character very similar to Ellis's Red protagonist, Paul Moses. It's brilliant in every way. Wow, are you familiar with with uh, Red, Louis?
1: <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm not.
0: Mm, yeah, me me too. I uh, might have to do some investigating there. Uh, but that sounds interesting. Uh, absolutely, David. I think I think it was really. Interesting how Ellis uses those panel positionings at the beginning. Um, So we get that in a very different style, and then we get that cinematic flow of the action towards the end, which was, uh, I mean, both of them all together was really good. Going back to Josh Johnson's point, um, I can see how he thought that the expedition was a bit clunky towards the end. Uh, It seems that Ellis has used that before, but... um, but, yeah, did you find it clunky in any way, Luis?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of typical of what happens, you know, in a lot of these single-issue single, single issue stories. Mm. You know, they're, they're trying to wrap things up um, real quick. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But thankfully, you know, the, the rest of the issue, you know, more than made up for a little bit of clunkiness there at the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally we have a bit of feedback from our Facebook page because I posted discussion threads on both the page and the group. We get it from ah, our favourite Kiwi, Jordan Edwards. Good to hear from you, sir. And he says, This is the issue that solidified my thoughts on this run. The panel layouts and use of colour is incredible. Yes, Jordan, I cannot disagree with you. That is a a fantastic thing. Interesting that... um, that a lot of people gravitate towards this issue too. If you were to pick one of the first six issues, Luis, which, which would be your favourite?
1: Definitely five.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean me too. Yeah. Um but again, they both have that cinematic quality. And actually I was just reminded from doing this reread how how cinematic Ellis has portrayed it. Um Yeah, yeah, it's uh I mean there are a lot of good ones, aren't there? I mean I just love I love most of them. Um, I was about to ask you what what you thought since they're all very good. I thought what you thought the weakest one was, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's a fair question.
1: Off the top of my head, I, I I don't think I'd be able to pick one. You know, I usually just kind of gravitate the to the ones that I I really like.
0: Yeah, I'd say maybe the maybe the sixth one for me. You know, with the ghosts. But then you get the bird, arm, you get the bone armor with the death armor. That's pretty cool.
1: That armor was pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't quite like it at first, but, you know, it kind, it kind of grew on me.
0: Yeah. I think... Hang on, let me just... I could get that wrong. And before we get stuff uh, coming in... No, that was... Uh, sorry, that was issue... That was issue three. That was issue three. Sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, that for me, that was at least... I mean, it was still pretty good. Let me just track in and see quickly oh issue issue six was the black spectre one which is very good as well. Yeah, yeah pretty hard pretty hard to tell um they're all pretty good so I don't want to uh, I don't want to you know say which ones were bad because they're all good. Um okay well yeah that, that pretty much wraps up this review for for issue two of Warren Ellis. Um and pretty much our show as well so uh, Luis, I'd like to thank you so much for for being on our show uh, it was great to have you and and please you are more than welcome um, on the show whenever whenever you want
1: thank you so much that means a lot to me I'm, I'm having a great time it's always nice to find a you know fellow moon knight fans to kind of um, have these discussions cuz usually when I'm, I i run into people that they say they're into comics or in the Marvel I mention moon knight and they go who <laughs>
0: Uh, well, that's it. There are only two people in the world. There are people that love Moon Knight and there are people that don't know who Moon Knight is. Let's just leave it at that, eh? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> uh, also, as well, just before we go, Spectacle. So, uh, I just wanted to quickly grab off you, Luis, as well, your local comic book store because we are big proponents of, of supporters um, for comic book stores Please, 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 loonies, if you can support your local comic book store, that would be great. Even if you just buy a few things here and there, if you buy a trade or if you create a pull list from them, um, these guys, you know, they slog it out hard and uh, without them, we wouldn't have the great industry that we have. So, Luis, um, what is your local comic book store and, and where is it?
1: So my local comic book store that I go to is um, called A1 Comics here in Sacramento, California. Um. That in this that in this area we have about about eight or nine comic book stores. Comic book stores, yeah. So we we have we have quite a few in about a thirty minute radius. You know, with all the other little cities here in the suburbs. One Comics is definitely uh my go to. Um, they have the most extensive back issue collection of most other shops that I've ever been to um, except for, you know, the really, really big, big name ones. Mm-hmm. Um, in- interestingly enough, their shop is um, located where it used to be a-, a bank. So they have a vault there and that's where they keep oh. all their, all their golden age goodies. But um, like I said, they had tons of back issues. Um, you know, you constantly see them have, you know, like the big keys, like a uh, Hulk one eighty one, Avengers wow. X-Men one, you know, you those on their wall for sale. Wow! A lot of board games, uh, card games, uh, figures. So a lot of people sell their collections there. So you can find some neat stuff: GI Joes, um, Thundercats, all those kind of guys. You see all you see all of them. A little bit of the um, anime stuff. You'll see some anime posters and Gundam, and a little bit of pop. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. And you know, nicely enough, they have um, some type of sale. So typically back issues that are priced below $10 are 50% off. So it's a good way to grab some, uh, wow. some run your runs. And that's kind of what I typically do is wait for the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a reward system where you get a point for every dollar you spend. So I believe like about some, um, you get a, uh, paperback. Oh, wow. Uh, under twenty, under ten dollars, and then at four hundred points, you get a uh, trade paperback under twenty dollars if you're choosing. So I pick up those, um, volume ones that you know you can find a you know great price at nine ninety nine. So that's kind of how I got into, uh, you know, Saga and Paper Girls. And yeah. So there's a little bit of everything for everybody. So you can spend a couple of hours there.
0: Oh, fantastic! That sounds like a really cool place. Um, I, I might have to just. Uh, just do a bit of digging definitely put this in the show notes uh, if they have a Facebook page Twitter account or a website uh, that sounds like a great place for, uh, so much incentive there and uh, it, sound like, it sounds like it has a little bit of something for everyone so all the West Coasters if you're around that area if you don't hit those other 8 or 9 comic stores um, just take a leaf out of Louise's book and check out A1 Comics fantastic
1: okay well um, up on my uh Mr. Moon Knight page on on Instagram and you know we can we can take a nice little comic book tour.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, of course. Yes, uh spectacle out to to Luis's Mr. Moon Knight. Fantastic. Uh he's he's doing the hard hard yards as well as well as Moon Knight core as you know what we're, what we're trying to do as well, just kind of keep Moon Knight afloat out there. So uh yeah, yeah, please hit hit Luis up and I'll I'll get the um the details and put in the show notes as well for that. So thank you once again, Luis.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Cool. Uh, Next phase, we are entering, if you cast your eye upon the night sky, it will be a waxing gibbous, which means we are now looking at a trade or arc review. And you guessed it, Looney's, due to popular demand, we will then be looking at round robin. The 90s extravaganza from the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, that's issues 353 to 358. And that obviously includes our boy Moon Knight. Uh, as well as other fantastic characters like Night Thrasher, Nova, Darkhawk, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, who else am I missing out? And we all, we get to see Jeff Wilde. Which is, uh, for those that don't know, was the, the former sidekick. To, uh, ...to Moon Knight. So that's Round Robin. We'll be reviewing that. Um, subtitled The Sidekick's Revenge. So that kind of gives you an idea of what's happening. And we will have another guest, Looney. And he will be returning to the show... ...none other than the Rick Ball Special. So Rick, looking forward to this. He has assured me. He has uh, He actually shown me. He has uh, some new equipment that he's willing to, to try out. So he doesn't sound like Bane in this one but uh but that should be a lot of fun so check it out looney's next week it's um, the trade review for the waxing gibbous finally, where you can find us on email ITk at gmail we have our website slash blog site which is into night podcast.wordpress.com. We are on Facebook on our page, Facebook.com slash ITK Moon Knight. We have a fantastic group. My gosh, it's gone. It's it's we're getting members every day. So uh it is Facebook.com slash group slash ITK Moon Knight. We're on Twitter at ITK Moon Knight as well as Instagram as well, Tumblr and YouTube. But um, we don't hold a candle against uh, Mr. Moon Knight there on Instagram. And uh, so just, sh- just search for Into the Night and Moon Knight Podcast. And we're on all good podcast catches. Uh, so whatever is your flavor, please just listen to us on that. Just finally as well, iTunes reviews. If, if you could drop us one. Uh, and if you like what you hear on the show, uh, please do. It helps us get out there a bit more. Uh um but absolutely uh we are going to keep this Moon Knight talk and reviews going for forever. <laughs> um that's uh that's about it from us. Loonies once again, Luis, thank you massively again. Did your did your son um did he win his soccer match?
1: Yeah, he did win. They won four to zero.
0: Woo! Fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Well um Hopefully, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe listen to this episode <laughs> when it comes out uh, as a celebration. <laughs> but It'd be a great surprise. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to. Can I? Can I throw to you, Louis? Actually, for uh,
1: signing us off. May Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Thank you very much. Catch you later.